So we're continuing the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is a discussion between Srigadev Goswami and Parikshit Maharaj. And the topic is uh, the cause of all causes. This is text number six. Text number seven. Sabhavan akuradko ram yatapa susamahita tena keda yase nastvam parashankam chayachchasi. Yet we are moved to wonder about the existence of someone more powerful than you when we think of your great austerities in perfect discipline. Although your good self is so powerful in the manner, matter of creation. So it's actually a conversation between Narada and Brahmaji. So Narada is the son of Brahma. There's something going on there. It's a, there's a recording or something playing. And unfortunately, it's my voice too. There's something. Okay. If you don't know the owner and it's locked, just put it in a bucket of water. $501 fine. Okay, purport. Following in the footsteps of Sri Narada Muni, one should not blindly accept his spiritual master as God himself. A spiritual master is duly respected on a par with God, but a spiritual master claiming to be God himself should at once be rejected. Narada Muni accepted Brahma as the supreme due to Lord Brahma's wonderful acts in creation. But doubts arose in him when he saw that Lord Brahma was worshipped also worship some superior authority. The supreme is, is supreme, and he has no worshipable superior. The word ahangroho pasita, or the one who worships himself with the idea of becoming God himself is misleading, but the intelligent disciple can at once detect that the supreme God does not need to worship anyone, including himself, in order to become God. Ahangro pasana may, may be one of the processes for transcendental realization, but the ahangro pasita can never be God himself. No one becomes God by undergoing a process of transcendental realization. Narada Muni thought of Brahmaji as the supreme person, but when he saw Brahma engaged in the process of transcendental realization, doubts arose in him. So he wanted to be clearly informed. Oma jnana timirandasya jnana jana shalakaya chakshurun viditam nena tasmai shri gurave namaha jaya shri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda sri advaita gadadhara shivasari gaur bhaktivinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Just this morning, Prabhupada, on the lecture I heard, was speaking about how you can notice that every living entity aspires to follow some authority. He said even in the animal kingdom, for instance, dogs, they look for the alpha dog. It's like, okay, he's the guy. <laughs> and then 
you see with street dogs, <laughs> they'll come up to, the, you know, submit themselves. They roll in their back and like make themselves vulnerable. It's like, all right, uh, you can kill me if you want, but I want to join your gang here. And then the, you've got bees that have a queen bee, ants. I haven't looked into it that carefully. I don't claim to be an entomologist, but <laughs> I dare say ants have some some kind of structural structural leadership. Entomologists can speak up. Mostly engineers in here. Okay, so <laughs> then in human society, uh, people form organizations based on a king, a queen, a government, something, someone to follow. And so he said this, the nature is there within the soul to follow some authority. So then this is a, an important inquiry that can lead to a, a revelation. Like if you keep following that authorized line up, where do you end up? There must be logically some cause of all causes or the supreme authority who's the authority the ultimate authority this is the implication of the questioning that that narda is making here and it's a simple way to think about it and that the dharma or the eternal nature of the soul is to serve somebody and there's discord when i have the sense that uh, i don't want to serve i want to be served but if I can find out the person who's worthy of service and then actually give my heart's felt service very purposefully, then as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Bhuktaram Yagitapasam, that if you give that uh, willful service towards the center and the ultimate authority, then it's perfectly given. And the result will be then no more discord. You feel completely satisfied and happy. Text number eight. My dear father, you know everything and you are the controller of all. Therefore, may all that I have inquired from you be kindly instructed to me so that I may be able to understand it as your student. Purport, the inquiries made by Narada Muni are very important for everyone concerned. And as such, Narada requested Brahmaji to deem them suitable so that all others who may come in the line of disciplic succession of the Brahmasang Pradaya may also know them properly without any difficulty. Lord Brahma said, my dear boy Narada, being merciful to all, including me, you have asked all these questions because I have been inspired to see into the prowess of the almighty personality of Godhead. Brahmaji, being so questioned by Nardaji, congratulated him for it is usual for the devotees to become very enthusiastic whenever they are questioned concerning the almighty personality of Godhead. That is the sign of a pure devotee of the Lord. What's the sign of a pure devotee of the Lord? Yeah, when there's a good question about the Supreme, then they become enlivened. Like, here we go. Such discourses on the transcendental activities of the Lord purify the atmosphere in which such discussions are held. And the devotees thus become enlivened while answering such questions. It's important purport if you just note it down as far as questions go. 
goes in the questions book. It is purifying both for the questioner and for one who answers the questions. The pure devotees are not only satisfied by knowing everything about the Lord, but are also eager to broadcast the information to others, for they want to see that the glories of the Lord are known to everyone. Thus the devotee feels satisfied when some opportunity is offered to him. This is the basic principle of missionary activities. Whenever you have spoken about me, it is not false, because unless and until one is aware of the personality of Godhead, who is the ultimate truth beyond me, one is sure to be illusioned by observing my powerful activities. So again, Narada is speaking to Brahmaji, who's a sub-creator. He's empowered by Krishna. And because of his prowess and manifesting through mantra, it, somebody could say, oh, it must be the Supreme. In fact, Hiranyakashipu, when he did his austerities and Brahma came, he addressed him as the Supreme. All his prayers are in that form that you're the ultimate. You can do anything you, you, you want. And Brahma's like, it's not me. Purport, the frog in the well, logic illustrates that a frog residing in the atmosphere and boundary of a well cannot imagine the length and breadth of the gigantic ocean. Such a frog, when informed of the gigantic length and breadth of the ocean, first of all, does not believe that there is such an ocean. And if someone assures him that factually there is such a thing, the frog then begins to measure it by imagination, by means of pumping its belly as far as possible, with the result that the tiny abdomen of the frog bursts, and the poor frog dies without any experience of the actual ocean. Similarly, the material scientists also want to challenge the inconceivable potency of the Lord by measuring him with their frog-like brains and their scientific achievements. But at the same but at the end, they simply die unsuccessfully, like the frog. Sometimes a materially powerful man is accepted as God or the incarnation of God without any knowledge of the factual God. Such a material assessment may be gradually extended, and the attempt may reach the highest limit of Brahmaji, who is the topmost living being within the universe and has a duration of life unimaginable to the material scientist. As we get information from the most authentic book of knowledge, the Bhagavad Gita, Brahmaji, Brahmaji's one day and night is calculated to be some hundreds of thousands of years on our planet. This long duration of life may not be believed by the frog in the well, but persons who have a realization of the truths mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita accept the existence of a great personality who creates the variegatedness of the complete universe. It is understood from the revealed scriptures that the Brahmaji of this universe is younger than all the other Brahmas in charge of the many, many universes beyond this, but none of them can be equal to the personality of Godhead. Naradaji is one of the liberated souls and after his liberation, he was known as Narada. Otherwise, before his liberation, he was simply a son of a maidservant. The questions may be asked, why Naradaji was not aware of the Supreme Lord 
and why he misconceived Brahmaji to be the Supreme Lord. This was a question that came last night, remember? Although factually he was not. I'll read that over. The questions may be raised, may be asked, why Naradji was not aware of, of the Supreme Lord and why he misconceived Brahmaji to be the Supreme Lord, although factually he was not. A liberated soul is never bewildered by such a mistaken idea, so why did Naradji ask all those questions just like an ordinary man with a poor fund of knowledge? There was such bewilderment in Arjuna also, although he is eternally the associate of the Lord. Such bewilderment in Arjuna or in Narada takes place by the will of the Lord, so that other non-liberated persons may realize the, the truth and knowledge of the Lord. The, the doubt arising in the mind of Narada about Pramaji becoming all-powerful is a lesson for the frogs in the well, that they may not be bewildered in misconceiving the identity of the personality of Godhead even by comparison to a personality like Brahma, so what to speak of ordinary men who falsely pose themselves as God or an incarnation of God. The Supreme Lord is always the Supreme, and as we have tried to establish many times in these purports, no living being, even up to the standard of Brahma, can claim to be one with the Lord. One should not be misled when people worship a great man as God after his death as a matter of hero worship. There are many kings like Lord Ramachandra, the king of Ayodhya, but none of them are mentioned. Okay. There are many kings like Lord Ramachandra, the king of Ayodhya, but none of them are mentioned as God in the revealed scriptures. To be a good king is not necessarily the qualification for being Lord Rama. But to be a great personality like Krishna is the qualification for being the personality of Godhead. If we scrutinize the characters who took part in the battle of Kurukshetra, we may find that Maharaj Yudhishthir was no less a pious king than Lord Ramachandra. And by character study, Maharaj Yudhishthir was a better moralist than Lord Krishna. Lord Krishna asked Maharaj Yudhishthir to lie, but Maharaj Yudhishthir protested. But that does not mean that Maharaj Yudhishthira could be equal to Lord Ramachandra or Lord Krishna. The great authorities have estimated Maharaj Yudhishthira to be a pious man, but they have accepted Lord Rama or Krishna as the personality of Godhead. The Lord is therefore a different identity in all circumstances, and no idea of anthropomorphism can be applied to him. The Lord is always the Lord, and a common living being can never be equal to him. Gitapri, can you look up anthropomorphism, please? This is easier to hold, but this is easier to see. It's a 2511. I'm sorry? What did Bali Prabhu say? Two five. Two five eleven. Anthropomorphism for five hundred, please.
little help from the tech team. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, anthropomorphism, um, it means the attribution of human characteristics or behavior to... Attribution of human characteristics. To, or behavior or to behavior. a god, animal, or object. And, okay, one sec. And so it, so it itself is derived from the Greek anthropos, which means human, and then morphe, which is form. And then it went to anthropomorphism. So give us a summary in your own words of what, it, what the concept means, please. Um, Key word is attribute um i think it's just like how we okay <laughs> i know it's a tough concept anybody else want to give a shot anushree okay prabhu go ahead I mean, uh, relating God to the human, I mean, relating human tendencies to God, actually, you know, uh, thinking of him as a, as, a, as a human being. Right. So we're saying that because we're humans, it's a human-centric idea. We're humans, and therefore we say, well, God must be like us. But it's the other way around. He's like that, and we're emanations from him. And therefore, we have characteristics like hands <laughs> that you can say are godlike but it comes from that source not the other way around anything else okay is it on the sat it will be it was right okay be ready be ready <laughs> anything else any other uh, reflections before I move to the next? Yes. Um, I like the the question which came, which was yesterday, and the answer was same, which you gave yesterday and today in the purport. And I have a question. So yeah. So the question yesterday was, why is Narada asking Brahma these kind of questions? Doesn't he know? Isn't he liberated? And Prabhupada answered that, just like Arjuna was a pure devotee. He was liberated, but he was put into ignorance on the battlefield of Krukshetra so he could ask questions for the benefit of everybody else. It was a setup, basically. So Narada also is acting in such a way as an instrument so that this information can come out because it's a question. Like if you're standing uh, talking to a devotee and then somebody who doesn't know the context comes up, you start all over again and say, so, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and that means that the original source of everything is personal. And somebody might say, like, why is he talking like that to that person? Isn't it obvious? So it's not obvious. Thank you. Um, but the question I heard was um, about like it was meant, mentioned about moralist. So um, I had this question for a while, like what what uh, moralist means, like a devotee, 
how much moralist should he be like uh, truthful would should he be truthful like you know if thief comes and he's you know he should give oh money is there like that truthful or how much truthful a devotee should be can you please yes moralist yeah we should be truthful and moral except if krishna tells us something different so one example that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta gave, or Rupa Goswami rather, that let's say that um, the devotees are walking by and somebody's drowning. So you could say, oh, he's not his body. That's his karma. Let him drown. But then people would see like, okay, these people are spiritual. <laughs> They're not doing anything. So should, should they go and risk their lives to save the person? And Rupa Goswami says, yes because otherwise uh, people will look at the devotees and think, like, what's wrong with these people? In fact, there was a case in Australia around 1970, and the devotees uh, were near a burning building, and there were people trapped up there. And so they arranged to pull the canopy that they were using for a festival taut, T-A-U-T, across the, the um, make, to make it into a, a virtual trampoline. And so the person was able to jump out of the burning building and land on that, and they caught, and it was on the front page of the newspaper that the devotee saved the person from a burning building. And uh, th this was, uh, you know, Prabhupada appreciated the devotees went out of their way to save somebody. But on the other hand, it's, it's not our duty to uh, then start a company where we have trampolines and we have a radio open 24 hours a day. Are there any people burning in buildings? Can we go save them? But incidentally, you know, when, when things happen like that, then we should... Uh, for example, go out of our way to help. I'm always especially attentive to that when I'm walking around in these kind of clothes on a plane or something like that. Lift people's bags, put them up in the, put them up for them, and so that they just see there's um, a kind of a caring mood amongst those who are in our organization. Did that answer your question? Uh, some Ultimate words. morality means to follow, uh, you know, Krishna's instructions. So Yudhishthira, on the battle of Kurukshetra, uh, Krishna wanted something done. He wanted to move the battle forward. And therefore he told Yudhishthira, who never lies, he's the perfect moralist, he said, you lie. Because there's no way that Dronacharya is going to give up the fight and there's no way he's going to lose unless he hears that his son, Ashwatthama, is dead. Then he'll, he'll feel unmotivated to fight. And Yudhishthira hesitated, and therefore there's a fault. Because Krishna said, you lie, that's the ultimate um, morality. Then Krishna made some arrangement for him. So just say, Ashwatthama, the elephant. So he did that, and that was a workaround. But he could have just followed Krishna's instruction. 
so um but krishna will not tell um me right so what uh, spiritual you got to hold that really close when oh, you have a mask otherwise you can't hear um so um krishna will not tell me personally so um what spiritual teacher t- uh, tells uh, that is what then one should do is that correct understanding well you, you have to uh, weigh these things according to the uh, what i said earlier so another example was it's in the same realm of understanding how to move about in the world so sometimes in the in shila bhakti siddhanta's mat there were uh, devotees that were asked to come home for a particular kind of ritual like someone had passed away um and so he didn't deny them that opportunity because he said if you don't go then the people in your family will think that they don't understand it and therefore they'll think you're just uncaring they don't understand that there's a higher principle devarshi bhutatnandrinam pitrinanda kinkaronayam nirnicharajan sarvatmaraya sharanam sharanyam gatomukundam prithritakartam that is that if you're worshiping mukunda unreservedly then you don't have an obligation to many other things but in a worldly sense people may not understand that therefore he didn't deny them the opportunity to go and participate in such an activity however there was one disciple who was a brahmachari and his mother was dying and so shila bhakti siddhanta told him that you go home you know for the last days and he said yes marash and then he went and hid in his room and he didn't come out until later his mother had passed away and shila bhakti siddhanta found out he was surprised he asked him i said to go why didn't you go he said i understand but if i'd gone my mother on her deathbed would have said you please manage all these properties and i would have had to give up my service to you and therefore <laughs> i didn't go and shila bhakti siddhanta didn't disapprove of that so in the principle you know you have to weigh it out according to the circumstance you have to look at it it's not complete stereotype and we're not robots we have to look at the situation and see what's the best overall to balance the situation for service and surrender and we may be asked to do things that we don't want to do like priyavrata yes prabhu hari krishna i think as you are answering guys one questions came to my mind which was recently asked basically two um lord brahma we are uh, studying in in the bhagavad gita also in eighth chapter thousand ages of all equal to one day for brahma and brahma sleeps 12 hours and awakes 12 hours so why it is human being prabhupad says to sleep 6 hours and they should cultivate more spirituality and why brahma has to sleep 12 hours being as a guru so and after you answer i will ask the second question related to that so okay if i get the first question answer right then you'll ask a second question that uh, shila bhakti siddhanta has pointed out a verse from the shrimad bhagavatam 
which says that one uh, shouldn't feel free to imitate great controllers. They may do so many things. For instance, uh, Lord Shiva swallowed an ocean of poison. And sometimes people think, well, you know, Shiva, he drank poison. Also, some idea about ganja. So let me try it too. But as an insignificant living entity, if you smoke ganja, you'll be uh, finished. Uh, means uh, your spiritual life will become uh, distorted and your whole life will become non-productive. So similarly, uh, we can't drink poison. And there's, there's a way in which um, we don't take the, those particular items and then just imitate. So we have to be careful about that. And besides, Prabhupada didn't just say strict six hours. He said, take as much rest as you need to be refreshed. So in other places, he said eight hours, six to eight hours. Kids, listen to this because your frontal lobe's still growing and you need to have enough rest. So you have to have enough rest to get refreshed. It doesn't mean sleep in past sunrise. It means go to bed earlier doesn't mean stay up late and look at video games and then like yeah I needed the rest <laughs> but we should we have to yukta harabiharasya we have to take uh, what we need to be balanced probably if I got the first answer right then I'll take the second yes probably perfect <laughs> so the second one in relations to that when the demon like Hayagriva when he stole the Vedas it is said that when Brahma was sleeping, he stole it. But when it is mentioned in the previous statement, when Brahma sleeps, everything is annihilated. So how come one demon is still alive? And that's a very technical question, and we can research it, if you wish, to find out the particulars of that. Maybe there's some specific commentary about it, but uh, I, don't, I don't wish to answer that you know, in a speculative way. We can see if anything's been said about that. Just the rhythm of Brahma sleeping and then, you know, when those were taken. Usually Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur or somebody else uh, rectifies those kinds of gaps. So it takes a little looking into. But there's nothing in Prabhupada's books about that specifically. Research Project will look it up for you, okay? Thank you, Prabhupada. Yes. You're welcome. But I see Vaikuntha Nayaka Prabhu wants to say something. Oh, and I'm sorry. Great. Okay. Yeah, I can I can wait. One um, Mataji had raised her hand before. Yeah, sorry. Me. I, I just looked up at the screen and didn't see. Please go ahead. Hi, hi, uh, Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Um, in the in the story when you talked about uh, the guru, devotee, and mother. Sorry, the names didn't register in my, in my head. And uh, so the devotee didn't abide by the Guru's instruction that goes to your mother. But then I was wondering, why didn't he go see the mother and then deny her request of not looking after, sorry, mom, I can't look after the property because I want to be in this. Why he went to deny his Guru's instructions than his mother's instructions? Well, maybe you can answer better than me. Are you are you Indian? Yeah. So how would it how would it go for you? 
Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was like, okay, I understand. <laughs> the no, connection I, with I the family is very that, strong, it's very entangling. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we say that there is Mata, Pida, Guru, uh, God. At least it's like mom, dad, and uh, your teacher and God is the order of the things that you give respect that that comes in the Indian culture a lot. Is that what he went went by or it just came to my head? Well, when he, guru means one who represents Krishna. So let's say Hiranyakashipu, he was Pitta, but he wasn't really a great representative of the Supreme Personality of God. And Prahlad basically just kind of ignored him. He said, what'd you learn in school? It's like, I learned that hearing and chanting <laughs> about Krishna, Vishnu, 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 is really good. And he's like, ah! So just rubber stamping and saying a particular entity is the guru is uh, not Krishna's idea. In fact, even those in the Varnas and Ashrams, they're not in name only. Chaturvanya Mayashrishta, Guna Karma Vibhagasha. There's a way in which the, it's the activities and the qualities of a person that qualify him or her as guru. So let's say a person is mostly interested in you getting entangled in the material life and says, you know, all this stuff, this chanting, all these regulations you're following, no onions, garlic. <laughs> this is, you know, come on. I, it, it's too much. It's too much to ask. Sarvadharma Pradyaja, too much to ask. This is can be the mood. Like, you know, we like Krishna too, but, you know, don't get carried away. But that's not what Krishna says. Krishna says, do get carried away. He said, it, you know, jump in. Feel free to, like, just jump in. And Narada says it also. Tyakvasudharmam charanam bhujam harer bhajana bhakvota tatat pato yadi if you forsake your worldly duties for the sake of following Krishna, then you're, you're not going to be at a loss because you get your forward progress counted. Whereas if you follow your worldly duties perfectly, but you don't ultimately surrender to Krishna, then what did you get at the end? Nothing. So again, it, it's... It's not stereotype. We're not saying do one thing or another. I was giving these nuances to show that you have to take on a case-by-case -case basis, and it's good to have guidance in it also. And for the case I gave, I know it's dangerous to give such cases, <laughs> but you know we have to see that, that there's a tacit understanding between guru and disciple oftentimes. And if... You know, this actually that story sometimes is given in context of understanding what is a topmost disciple. So this is mentioned in the Bhagavatam. There are three kinds of disciples. One is one that knows what the guru wants already, anticipates it, and then does it before is asked. The second one is asked and then does it. Third one is asked and does it reluctantly. And the fourth one is asked, this is the one that's not a actually a disciple, and then doesn't do it. And there are many nuances to those also, but the attitude is, is what's in, most important. And if one is in tune with serving one's guru, 
then one may have this, by Krishna's grace, an understanding of this is, I know what the guru wants me to do, even before the guru says it. And so in the case of that brahmachari, he, he had, there's other context to it because of them be, living together and him, the disciple hearing many instructions of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and also seeing other cases that he did that. It's not just in isolation. So one has to dedicate oneself to having a finely tuned sense for what is my duty and how to follow it properly. And we have to keep coming back to that. Thank you for your important and very penetrating questions. And there was a Vaikuntha Nayaka Prabhu. Actually, I had a comment and a question. And the comment uh, was about the point that you mentioned that how living entities have the desire to choose an authority. And uh, uh, there was also the purport which talked about hero worship. And it's so relevant. Uh, it's so relevant that. Uh, it's, sorry, it's so relevant uh, in the Kumbhamela. <laughs> Kumbhamela. <laughs> sorry. Uh, currently, the home state where I come from, Karnataka, is going through a major uh, chaos, uh, a period of mourning, uh, because one of the uh, one of the actors of the film industry uh, passed away just yesterday, an untimely death. He was just forty-six years old. And uh, there are scores, lakhs of people out there on the streets, mourning, banging their head and crying, weeping, getting shocked. Um, he literally had a demigod status in uh, Karnataka. And I was just thinking how if uh, you don't know who the real authority is, you end up choosing one of uh, the uh, these either a sports person or a movie star as the as the god and you end up surrendering to him right i was saying thinking it was so tragic that they have the mood of surrender but it's uh, directed to a wrong person right so that, that was, was mp or something like that huh uh no it's a Karnataka State is an MP there. An actor. I see an actor. An actor in the Kannada, yeah. the vernacular movie industry, film industry. He sure. passed away. And yeah, the, so I was thinking about that. And it, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, hear it. I offer purpose. my condolences. And, uh, you know, sometimes also we see that Krishna is invested some kind of opulence in somebody. We see the ability in man, and therefore, you know, people aren't like that ordinarily. They, they're, they're empowered to some degree, but I understand we have to have some context. And anyway, please go ahead. You had a question also. Yes. Um, the question was more on this point that you mentioned about... Um, uh, this uh, story, I, I know you have already talked about it, but uh, if you could uh, just elaborate a bit more, because I heard uh, one similar pastime between Shila Prabhupada and uh, uh, Tamil Krishna Maharaj as well. Um, 
I'm not sure if I fully recollect it, but I believe Prabhupada was asking the Maharaj to go to China or something, and the Maharaj was protesting against that, and he said, no, I can do better here, and he got the parade in front of Prabhupada, Damodar uh, Party, Brahmacharis, and Prabhupada said, okay, yeah, this is good, you stay here, something in those lines, right? So, um, Actually, we hear that uh, the Guru's order is uh, sacrosanct and it's the topmost. But yet we also hear these instances uh, where actually the disciple is uh, apparently going against the Guru. But like you said, he knows the mood of the Guru and he does as per that. So the question was how uh, we can check, how we can check for ourselves, uh, whether it is my mind which is coming up with these uh, oppositions to following my guru's order or is it really uh, that inner mood to serve the higher purpose like that could you give some directions sure. on well first of all tamal krishnamarsh did go to china and that's why there's a chinese krishna consciousness movement he went there in earnest you also have to understand Tamal Krishnamaraj's personality. Uh, Prabhupada engaged many types of people, and Tamal Krishnamaraj was a very uh, assertive type of person and very, you know, strong leader in that case. And he had a long history with Prabhupada in different ways, even when he wanted to take sannyas. And Prabhupada said, No, not now. And he sat outside Prabhupada's door for three days. You know, so different types of people interact with the guru in different ways and the guru is expert at engaging different kinds of people it's not like everybody's the same some people are very sensitive and other people they're very assertive and so forth so a Prabhupada dealt with all kinds of people some people came to Prabhupada and you know he saw them and said you take initiation first second and sannyas right now as you could understand their nature. And, you know, other people who said, you know, not right now. And they said, okay. And the other people said, no, no, I want to do it now. <laughs> and so forth. But in the ultimate issue, uh, Tamal Krishnamaraj did go to China. And he was, a, he was a strong personality. He wanted to, he wanted, he had a sense. Strong personalities and leaders often have a sense of what they, want to do and what they should do that and but it was all in the spirit ultimately of trying to serve Srila Prabhupada so your question is how do I understand whether I'm just making it up in my mind or not and we have to have a, a robust guidance system that sounds like something technological uh, we, we have to have ample guidance in our lives and from from various sources it means that of course you should consider the instruction that comes from the guru very carefully as i was about to say earlier priyavrata was sitting with uh, narada muni in a perfect situation which was i don't have anything else to do now except krishna consciousness sound good yes. yeah you're in the right place then so 
Then someone came along and said, no, no, we want you to be temple president. And more than that, GBC. And it's like, get out of here. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to take on managerial responsibilities. I want to sit here with my guru and chant Hare Krishna. So um, his father came, then Brahma came. And it took a little bit to, to tell him that, you know, you should do this. And he's like, I don't, you know, this is what I had in mind. So this is what we have in mind. And when he, you know, we got, when he got ample instruction from both his father, who was a Manu, and also from uh, Brahma himself, who also came, because, you know, they all rode in on a big, uh, what are those, suburban, GMC suburban, <laughs> brand new. It's like, <laughs> it's impressive, you know, and they come out saying, no, no, this is the will. This is what we really want you to do. Then he said, okay, I'll do it. And they also told him that, you know, you won't be affected in a worldly way. Of course, he was for some time, but then he was able to come out of it. That's another point. But you'll find, if you, as you read the Bhagavatam, that there are various circumstances in which uh, devotees interact with Krishna and the gurus and the authorities, and they come to a conclusion. So just because somebody has a particular personality, Anyway, to your question, you should have good guidance from mentors who can help you triangulate in various situations. If you have a question, you go to several people that are in sync uh, so that you can understand how, sh how should I serve my guru in this circumstance? How do I execute this order in the best way? I mean, one of the quintessential examples of this is in Arjuna, when Draupadi wanted, at first, he promised Draupadi that when we catch Ashvatama, such a scoundrel for killing all the sleeping sons, and when we catch him, I'm personally going to, you know, chop his head off <laughs> for you. And then you can take your bath standing on his head. Kshatriya talk. So then when he finally caught him, Draupadi changed her mind. She said, wait a minute. I don't want his mother to suffer like I suffered, so let's not do it. Besides that, he's a Brahmin. And, and Bhima is saying, what are you talking about, Brahmin? <laughs> he's no Brahmin. He's a Brahmin in name only. You have to kill him, Arjuna. So there's these two sides, and they're diametrically opposed to one another. Get used to it. That's how the world works. It's not like, oh, yeah, I understand what to do. There's always these two sides. So then... Arjuna looks at Krishna, and Krishna, actually, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur said, Krishna was standing there, but he had to manifest an extra two arms to keep the two sides <laughs> from attacking one another because they were so vehement about their cause. They each had their, his, his or own cause. And so then Krishna looked at him and sort of slightly smiled like, Partly, you know, you have to figure this out, and also you have, you've got this. And he empowered him with the intelligence that, okay, there's a way to cut down the middle. He cut off the jewel from his hair, which disempowered him in, in society forevermore, well, until he becomes the next Vyas. He's still on the planet. And, and it effectively kills him socially, but it, there's no injunction, he said, for killing the body. So he figured out. So we, we have to be uh, 
finely tuned. That's why we follow four regulative principles. If you break the four regulative principles, you become stupid and you can't figure these things out. That's a problem. And if you don't chant good rounds, also you won't have that fine discretion and be having buddhi yoga. Like buddhi yoga partly is, who should I ask to figure this out? And you should have a clear idea. Like, okay, I know who I can trust and I know the kind of um, answers they can give authoritatively if I ask. And you can consider those things before you swing the sword and say, this is what I'm going to do. That's the way to get through life. Okay, we have uh, Radha Kripa and then Sundarananda Prabhu. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, just to build on uh, Vekunta Nayak Prabhu uh, about the heroes, uh, there is also another parallel things going on in India. Is One of the famous actors, his son was caught taking a drugs. And the, the, the way the media is projecting as if, you know, this is 24 hours news cycle is cycling the same news for last maybe 25 days. And he got released yesterday. And now he was given a welcome as if a hero has won a battle, you know, like a, a big war in actually. And I was just actually reflecting on that one, you know, how, you know, if you don't have the right authority, if you don't have any right way, you will lean on to that, you know, I shouldn't use the word, you know, wrong word, but it's it was so disgusting to even see that, you know, the when people watch, they think, you know, I wanted to be like him, because he wanted to be rich. If you're rich, you can do anything, even if you have been drug addicts, you know, you will get a hero welcome. So the way the society is dealing, and I was thinking about Prabhupada, I was just thinking about, you know, how he has you know, without making any noise, you know, just because of the simple purity, he changed that, you know, the the perception in the people's mind that there's a something more important and much better to offer than the, you know, as, uh, the, the reckless following, which I think Vakunta Prabhu was referring. So I just thought to share that. Sure. We heard that earlier in this canto, Shwavid Vada Hoshtakarai Samstata Purusha Pursu. Nayat karnapato peto jatanama gadagraja. That men who are like hogs, dogs, camels, and asses praise those men who never listen to the glories of gadagraja. There it is. It's right in the Bhagavatam. So that's a kind of a painful situation to watch when people are sort of misaligned and misguided as far as hero worship goes. We have Sundarananda Prabhu, and then we have. Oh, that's Anirudh and Nitaicha. I can't tell. He's on the Federal Witness Protection Program. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sundar Prabhu, go ahead. <clears throat> Prabhu, as you were uh, mentioning the pastime uh, with Ashwata, the Pandavas on Ashwatthama with Lord Krishna, I was reminded another pastime from Ramayan, where Lord Rama is um, he's actually uh, along with the Vanaras he wants to cross the ocean to Lanka and uh, so the, he gets uh, two diametrically so he asks the suggestion from his followers and especially Vibhishan says that he should sit in meditation and uh, 
request the ocean god to give him a pathway and then he gets a diametrically opposite suggestion from lakshmana who says that why what are we waiting for let's just evaporate the whole ocean <laughs> and then cross to lanka and then um, <clears throat> the lord actually beautifully handles it these two diametrically opposite suggestions by saying that first i'll follow vivishan's uh, suggestion and nothing if uh, nothing comes out of it then i'll follow lakshmana's suggestion so just thought of sharing that yeah these are important examples to study so we understand the nuance of it and um anirudha prabhu uh yeah thank you both for the nice class uh prabhu i was just thinking another aspect of that same example you gave about bhakti siddhanta shashri thakur and his disciple that and that's because his disciple was going there and was offer all this uh, uh, kind of properties on all it might have been difficult for him to leave those and come back so uh on the same aspect my question is about like this kind of conflicts like when happens especially in like Uh, in the level of like my seniors or gurus so how to kind of deal with them effectively like where there are conflicts of orders and i'll have to choose one probably not the other i think that's what we're talking about and i think that's what i'm saying is you should have a clear idea of your priorities and those who will help to fine tune those priorities for you so when conflicts from your life comes in from various types of um entities like you know your parents tell you to do something it's different from what your guru asked you to do or what the shastra says to do and so forth then you, and some of them are more straightforward than others then you have to figure it out i mean again we're just giving more and more examples raghunath das goswami his parents were kind of like you know don't get carried away this whole thing you know spiritual life is nice but you know hey relax uh <laughs> he gave him a beautiful wife he had a trust fund he could have just cruised the rest of his life and been a zamindar but he uh he wanted to join chaitanya mahaprabhu and so when he went to see chaitanya mahaprabhu in shantipur mahaprabhu told him be don't be like a mad person just tolerate for now the time isn't right sometimes the timing isn't right i mean this even happens with the devas they come and say there's been a transgression we have to fight back and vishnu comes and says not now now you have to make an armistice that's why the churning of the ocean took place because uh vishnu said it's not going to work right now no matter what you do so you have to make a pact with the demons make a pact with the demons that sounds outrageous like why should we do that we're against them right <laughs> so they like, cooperate now later on you'll have some some opportunity all intervene so timing is another thing and then uh, other nuances have to do with service when govinda whose service it was every day to massage mahaprabhu just after lunch prashadam Mahaprabhu to bring out this pastime walked back to his hut and then apparently in fatigue he lay across the doorway so Govinda was perplexed what should i do 
because in order to come in the room to do my service, I'll have to step over Mahaprabhu's transcendental body, and that's an offense. So he asked Mahaprabhu, could you please move just a little bit so I can come in and do my service? Mahaprabhu said, I'm too tired. I can't move an inch. So you do or whatever you want. And then he went to sleep. And then Govinda took his chutter. There's an executive decision. And he put the chutter over Mahaprabhu, and then he stepped over. Offense, right? So then he did his service. But his other duty was, right after doing the massage every day, he would go take his prasad so he could be ready for next things. And, and it's, you know, it's a service to take prasadam anyway. So Mahaprabhu woke up. He saw Govinda sitting there. He's like, what, what time of the day is it? He told him, he said, how come you haven't gone to take your meals yet? He said, uh, I, I couldn't get out because I'd have to step over you. And Mahaprabhu said, well, how'd you get in? <laughs> and he didn't even answer, except mentally he said that for serving you, I would make an offense. But for serving my own self to go take my meals, I won't make the offense. So I stayed here. And so that's a call you have to make sometimes. That's also a, a nuanced way of thinking. You have to consider these things. And we have examples. That's why we give the examples. We have to see there's many different circumstances and different kinds of people. And, uh, you know, who are, and these things will come up for you. So you have to take heed of the various examples and instructions that come from Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and so forth. Yes, Prabhu. And then we have Devavrata. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Such a wonderful uh, class and also question and answers. Um, when you were talking about Ashwatthama, you, you mentioned that you know, there was a conflict and it's resolved. And then later, uh, in Mahabharata, uh, I read that Ashwatthama is cursed for 3,000 year, 3, years, he'll be smelling and then he'll go to higher regions. Uh, you said something that he was somewhere, so could you... Yeah, it's in 12th uh, Canto. He'll, he stays around until the next Satya Yuga and he becomes the next Vyas. So see, you could be optimistic, no matter how bad you blow it. <laughs> if you hang in there... <laughs> He can be rectified. In fact, Supadamulam Bajata Priyasya Tyaktanya Bhavasya Hare Priyeshaha Vikarma Yachot Patitam Katanjid Tunoti Sarvam Hridisani Vishta. Even if you do some Vikarma, make a really bad choice, misstep, somehow if you go on performing your devotional service, then eventually it'll be rectified. Because Krishna's in the heart if you're sincere. Anyway, that's it's known it's in the twelfth canto. Is kind of a startling factoid, but there it is. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. David Ratta Prabhu. Hare Krishna Guru Marsh. Hare Krishna. Um, I'm really appreciating this conversation because I notice as I grow and try to mature in life, more often than not, you're put in this situation like Arjuna with dealing with Ashvatam. And I was just reflecting how like Five, six years ago, when I first was reading that pastime of the Bhagavatam, I was like, what is going on here? But as I go through life, 
I've noticed that I'm put in that situation more than I'm put in a black and white circumstance. And so I was appreciating the point about being finely tuned because, because Arjuna was finely tuned. He knew how to deal with the situation. But if we're not finely tuned, we can make a, a big mistake. And so I was just thinking of the verse where it talks about how spiritual life is like walking the razor's edge. And generally, we're dealing with situations where we're dealing with a razor's edge has, has been my experience in life. And uh, I was just appreciating this, this conversation because the more we're aware that this is, these are circumstances we can undergo, the more inspiration we can get to be finely tuned in order to deal with them properly. Yes, thanks for reiterating the point. It's Christian consciousness means to have finely tuned consciousness. And how are we finely tuned? In the, in the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, if you become conscious of me, you will cross over all the obstacles that come in your life. And if you're not conscious of me, then you're going to make a bloody mess. So be fine-tuned and be aware of Krishna's will. And how do you do that? Follow the four regulative principles, chant 16 rounds, and associate with devotees who are in good stead. Because by association and good guidance, we can make our way through any kind of difficult situation. So make sure you're fortified. That's helpful. Any other reflections or questions? Yes. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Um, I was I was just wondering, like, in our in our lives, we see a lot of people who are really close to us, but um, they they have strong interest in spirituality, but then somehow, by like um, association or social connotations of how spirituality is boring, um, they they take other means such as like drugs or shortcut to like spirit like a lot, lot of other things are out there uh, i was just wondering if uh, how can and there's no way that they can listen to listen to us or listen to uh, what we talk about god um, is there uh, is there a generic way of approaching them One, yes you have to have a hari krishna festival hari krishna festivals are the answer because um, everyone likes parties mm. And that's why they, they try to find parties elsewhere. Only they, most parties in the material world have the wrong elements because they're in the modes of passion and ignorance. They want to dance, but the kind of dancing they do doesn't uh, liberate. It actually gets you more entangled. The kind of music, wrong music. It's lower modes of nature. And also the kind of intoxication, wrong kind. Huey Lewis said it uh, back in the 1980s, he wrote a song, I Need a New Drug. Mm -hmm. I wrote about that. He's, he listed, I, I don't want a drug that has all these side effects. Mm -hmm. So the kind of parties generally that are in the lower modes of material nature that people are attracted to, they don't really want it. That's why everyone's singing about it. They, you know, the anthem for the uh, rock and roll um, people of the world is fr uh, from an artist who said, I can't get no satisfaction. Mm. And everyone said, yeah, I can't either. <laughs> Yahoo, let's keep trying. But so Hare Krishna festivals are different because you have everything that you're looking for. You have really nice dancing. You know those summer nights when we're down at the Lytton Plaza? It's Plaza, right? Mm -hmm. Lytton Plaza. 
And then all the devotees are lined up in there and they're just actually hearing the name and they're dancing like anything. You see people come by and they go like, God, I want to do that too. Mm. I want to dance like that. The dancers, by the way, the, you know, they come to the Harinams and they dance their hearts out. They're like doing the greatest service mm. to dance like that. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And because everyone wants to dance. Mm. And then music, you have to have a good tall. Din to Nakadina, din to Nakadina, din to Nakadina, din to Nakadina. Because people go, people, why do they? <laughs> the reason they go to clubs is because there's a beat. If you walk in a club and there's no beat, it's like boom, 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 you know? <laughs> Everyone's like, it's just quiet in here. We don't want to be in here. That, that's what keeps them in there, and that why they're buying drinks is because like the boom, 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 you know? <laughs> so if you, you have the same beat, din to knock it, because you get it again, din to knock it, then, then there's this tall going. People want a tall. They want some rhythm. And they also, they want to have uh, like interactions, friendships that like you know they want to hang out and talk so people go to festivals or, or they go to you know clubs and parties and things like that it's like hey what do you think you know it's like i don't know what do you think so, i don't think much at all uh neither do i it's like that's really interesting uh so however if you go and you find interesting people who are friendly and they they have something kind of meaningful to say then it's like wow that was nice and then food that's where it all really starts. Uh, if you have, if you bring food out, any living entities, like the ants will show up. It's like, yeah, it's on top of there. <laughs> Let's go. Let's make a ladder. And they come up there to try to get the food. And so if you have good food, everyone will come. And they don't care who you are. They don't care what, what uh, culture you're from or what you're preaching or anything like that. Food is food. And that's the way the, 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 way to the heart is through the belly. So a prasadam and uh, nice samosa. You have samosa, you have sweet rice, uh, you have really nice cauliflower sabji with cashews and curd. Hope I'm not making anybody hungry. But uh, at Sunday programs and in the old days in Hare Krishna temple, 11 preparations. I was just talking to my godbrother the other day. He's an expert cook. He was an expert cook in ISKCON, and then he also got trained in, um, in, Maya, in Mayapur by Anand Maharaj, one of Prabhupada's godbrothers, who was the training some of the... And he's working right now with some uh, other devotees, Kurma and Apurva. They're working together on a cookbook like Hare Krishna recipes that came from Prabhupada. So the... You know, when the prasadam's like... Wow, where did this come from? Another planet. Samosa, sweet rice, sabji, and puris, and things like that. Then people, are, they, uh, they become immediately attracted. So we have to have festivals. Like the one that we're having, the plaza only should be all over the place. Small ones, you can have three people have a festival. Then you have to have medium-sized ones. Ours are sort of medium-small at Lytton Plaza. Then you have to have really big ones. Like you get a whole uh, park and fill it up with exhibits, things for people to look at. And then they'll come and they'll appreciate that there's something forming here. So if you just sit them down and say like, you know, you're really blowing it and got it all wrong. 
you have to give a positive solution, and that means all these elements. So that's what Lord Chaitanya did. He went around and he just had big festivals. Hare Krishna, and come in and take prasad. Everybody eat and dance. And then uh, when you get tired, sit down and take prasad. Then get up and dance some more. And that's life. And then you're happy. Thank you, Maharaj. More festivals. Kanka's going to corroborate this. I know she is. Okay, time to go. Um. Also, for the kids, they can bring their friends here. This is a beautiful place, and, and the Sunday feast is so much fun with all the dancing and the prasadam. And the, we have all these temples all over the world that are just ecstatic. Fun for the whole family. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> okay, yes, Charles. You can stay there. We'll bring it to you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, so yeah, I have one uh, brief reflex reflection and then uh, one question. So the reflection is that um, it was mentioned the Lord can be or is different in all circumstances. And uh, to me, this sounds like a call to really open uh, my ears, my eyes, my heart to be able to um, notice when the Lord's choosing to reveal himself to me and understand the messaging. And so the question is, um, how do we, you know, be careful to not um, to distinguish between what the Lord is revealing him, revealing to us, um, and not conflate that with our maybe our own internal communications or plans that we have for ourselves? Yeah, excellent question. So there's. Three points of reference. And when you put three points on a page, then you're going to be able to draw a line through it that's straight, or at least two, and you'll get a straight line, right, geometrist? Um, so there's what's called guru, sadhu, and shastra. So guru is somebody who's deeply in the practice and also has a lot of experience, who's heavy with experience that you, you can take shelter of and take guidance from. And there can be more than one guru, instructing guru to help you with that. And then uh, means sadhu. Sadhu means the, the very advanced practitioners. What did they do? What's the history? What are they doing now? What do they say? And then there's shastra. Shastra means what's there in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. If you put those all three together, guru, sadhu, and shastra, then you can... Uh, look and see, is, is what I'm thinking and, and seeing lined up with Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, these three things. So it goes back to this culture of guidance. We're basically swimming in an ocean, blind, and we get our vision through this guidance system, through these three levels of guidance to help us across the ocean. So that's the best way to align yourself and understand, am I imagining this or is this something that is coming from inspiration, spiritual inspiration that's, that's genuine? Does that help? Okay, you're welcome. Now we're going to uh, have one more question and then we have a very short break and then we'll continue with the program. Um. 
Maharaj, thank you for the wonderful question and answers and the talk as well. So, uh, my question is that how to develop this maturity that uh, people are different, they have different needs, and uh, you know, mm, you know, and not to judge, judge them because it seems from the discussion that you know it all depends on the intention. Because I also see in many a times, you know, observing people, uh, it it may seemingly seem that it may seem that uh, they they are not doing the right thing, but then over a period of time, when I observe them, they they actually are uh, you know their intentions were um, rightly situated um, in serving the authority. So how do you actually how how do we actually you know I mean how do how does one get this maturity? That maturity, you know, you can't buy it. <laughs> you actually have to be there, <laughs> and you, and there there's a way in which maturity comes over time. You have you make mistakes, you rectify them. Mistakes aren't bad. They're as long as you rectify them, because then they become, as Prabhupada says, the pillars to success. He says this in the light of the Bhagavad that missteps, mistakes may not be detrimental. They may, may become the pillars to success in your practice. So if you're looking at a mature person, you're likely looking at a person who's made a lot of mistakes, but kept going and rectified them. And there's, there's no replacement for maturity. You know, when you see a mature person, you kind of know it. It's like, wow, this person's been there and they have a track record and they've been in it for a long time and they've been through things that I may take it from the Veda base, but I wasn't there. So I, it's like the difference between reading about Hawaii from a book and then meeting a person who just got off a plane and they smell like the beach. <laughs> and they still have sand in their shoes. It's like, well, what's it like? And it's like, well, I'll tell you what it's really like. <laughs> uh, so, And also, we should reserve judgment. Don't be quick to judge people because it's, it's easier to... Um, be accommodating. I mean, that's makes it easier in life in general to be accommodating, and unless you absolutely have to make decisions because that's your duty at a particular time, and even then, be careful. Try to get as much information about a person's motive and why they did something as possible before you make an ultimatum. In fact, don't make ultimatums. It's a good rule. Make an ultimatum, not to make any ultimatums. Because oftentimes what it does is it paints us in a corner and then we don't have the wherewithal after that or the liberty, I should say, to uh, deal with the situation in a nuanced way. So we have to be careful not to just jump to a conclusion about a person or a situation and say, that's it then. Wait. Or try to ask more questions and get more information. Something Stephen Covey talks about is very important. He said, seek first to understand why somebody did it. I mean, you may, you may not know. Somebody may have been accused of a, 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 a crime that seems heinous, but then you might find out the circumstances. Actually, uh, it, cha it could change everything when you find out about, well, actually, it was an aberration in the law. They accidentally did something, and then they went to jail for it, and then uh, you look at the person quite differently than if you generically paint them as... Uh, a seasoned criminal so be careful and also don't take sides right away when the, you see uh, 
kind of arguments going on amongst Vaishnavas. Vishnachar, um, Nas Thakur says, don't take sides. Don't go in there. And it's like, yeah, and then start charging in with a torch and then burn things. You wait, and unless it's your duty to come in and then be very careful. So now we're going to take a four-minute break, and there'll be other activities right when we come back. Vantra Kripa Sindhavi Vachapati Tanam Bhavani Vyo Vaishnavi Vyo Namo Namaha